0: It's like, <laughs> just like, do we really need to record it?
1: Uh, yeah, no, the, the other one worked this time. <laughs> like, it was just messing with us for Halloween.
0: We try to record our shows every once in a while, and we post them uh, um, every once in a while on our website, which is yourcommunityspirit.org. And when you post it on there, it ends up going on a podcast, too, because yeah. it pops up on my iTunes playlist. So, you're doing something right. So, mm-hmm, yeah. that's good. So, it is Halloween.
1: Halloween, ooh. Well, it's the day before Halloween, but okay. close enough.
0: Last night, it did get down to zero degrees, but none of my vegetables luckily froze in my garden. Oh, that's good. There was a freeze advisory a week ago a night or so, maybe two weeks ago, and I put sheets over it, and I forgot to put sheets over my plants last night Uh but they looked okay this morning so we'll see when the sun hits them do they go into shock and say hey so
1: yeah you might have to eat what you got if if any of them froze (laughs) it's like
0: well it's i'm finally getting a lot a lot of tomatoes so (laughs)
1: there you go just in time
0: (laughs) the weather is weird yeah protests are putting a serious dent in tar sands expansion all of those marches, rallies, arrests, and inflatable pipelines are working. That's the main finding of a report released this week by a pro-clean energy group, Oil Change International. Hey, wait a second. I have a group like that. It's called. Um, no, that's Oil, Addict yeah, oil Addicts Anonymous. Yeah, Oil Addicts
1: <laughs> Anonymous. Just like there's even a song about it. It's like.
0: According to the report, public opposition has been successful in stopping or delaying tar sands pipeline construction in North America. The existing pipelines carrying oil from Alberta's tar sands region are 89% full, meaning that expansion of tar sands development depends heavily on new pipelines to get that oil to market. Oil chain international models find that without new pipelines or expansions on existing routes tar sands producers will run out of pipeline capacity by 2017 there are four major proposed pipelines that are key to the expansion of the tar sands keystone xl which runs from alberta to the gulf coast of the united states so we're going to have it run through our country but we're not actually going to use it because it's going all the way to the coast Mm -hmm, yeah i don't know May, do we get to tap into it every once in a while? And Wait, those are called leaks.
1: Leaks, yeah. We get to accidentally tap into it.
0: So, So there's the Keystone, the Energy East, Northern Gateway, and the Trans Mountain Expansion, all of which run through Canada. These projects are all facing major opposition, the report notes. Keystone XL has been embroiled in protests, legal suits, and delays for six years. And the Canadian pipelines are all facing protests, both from citizens and from elected officials. The country's new Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has said he opposes the Northern Gateway pipeline. In order to expand tar sands production, at least one of these pipelines will need to be approved, the report states. Quote, the tar sands have ran out of room to grow. Aren't you supposed to say, have run out of gas to go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like, wait, that's too good of a...
1: Too good of a metaphor. (laughs)
0: Production is close to peaking, and now it's time for a recognition that tar sands production has no place in a climate-safe world. Yeah. Now, I went right into the news, and I forgot to mention where I went last weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could give us a report back on where you went. You mentioned that you were going there, but now you've you've gone and come back.
0: I went to the Mother Earth News Fair in where they're located. I don't know exactly what town they're located. In
1: Mother Earth? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Well, they publish somewhere in Kansas. Yeah. But it was very interesting because Kansas is, on a whole, a very conservative state with a magazine that um, is all about um, going back to the woods kind of, right? Yeah. So I didn't expect a, you know, a great show. But it was phenomenal. I mean, I go to a lot of you know um, green shows and shows about sustainable energy and uh, you know living off grid, and this one covered all of it. This is the first one I've gone to that had animals, mm-hmm. that had you know detailed sustainable agriculture. I mean, they had um, basically it was like how a state fair should be. So it had lots and lots of workshops, a lot and a lot of vendors, but a lot of vendors who were like actually demonstrating. Yeah. For example, the guy selling wooden spoons was making them right there. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um there was a whole petting zoo with like forty animals um and you know, tractors and so they had the st- sustainable ag, they had renewable energy, they had sustainable living, um, and then they had me, you hmm. know, so I had 174 people in my workshop. Wow! Yeah. So I, when I got there, I knew there was a lot of buzz before I actually did my presentation, because it was packed with people and it was packed with average people. Hmm. Um, they're obviously not completely average. They were at the show, but <laughs> yeah, what you would call middle America, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: um, so it uh, wasn't people who were living out in the wilderness.
0: It wasn't like, no, it wasn't the people who were talking about it and and kind of, you know, like my way, you know, I don't know. This was people who aren't doing it and want to do it. Yeah. You know.
1: And, and those are some of the best people to talk to. Correct. Because if people are already doing it, they could just end up talking to each other. and
0: <laughs> That's how a lot of the green shows are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's people who you know, go to a green festival to just like meet other people who are doing the same thing. So this is the buzz and the energy in this show was phenomenal because it was people who were not being exposed to it for the first time because they grew up in it. You know, they grew up on farms and stuff, but they didn't realize how awesome what they grew up in was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was like me growing up eating goat cheese and thinking, you know, nothing of it until I went to a fancy restaurant where this little pat of goat cheese cost $15. And I went home and said, Mom, can I have some cheese and Mm ate $50 worth, you know? Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. knowing that that's what I did on a regular basis because it was so special. So, yep, it's... the, The booth that excited me the most is there's this group of people in Missouri... Let's see, the Open Ecology something or other. Basically, they've designed um, a small, I don't know how you would describe it, um, transformer that basically it's the power unit. And then you hook all these different attachments to this power unit to make, you know, dozens of different machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it could be a tractor. You could be, you could hook a bucket loader to the front of it. It could be, you know, and it's um, it's very, I don't know, apocalyptic looking. Because, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have all the fancy <laughs> covers of, you know, I mean, most tractors you don't see all the machinery. They've got like metal covers on it, yeah. Or you know, of um, a skid steer or any of those machines, they have things that cover the motor and stuff. Here, they don't. They just It was all out in the open with mm-hmm. all the you know, hoses and machinery, and it didn't even have a seat. You just stand there at the controls. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, you should keep their address so that when the, the apocalypse happens and society collapses, you know who's got that kind of machine. Because <laughs> <It's just like, laughs> that sounds like a useful multi-purpose machine.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, their whole goal is to basically you just buy one machine, and then you buy attachments for it yeah so you don't have to have you know i mean a regular farm has to have um a lot of different uh, pieces of equipment yeah and so
1: so you buy this and then it's like you need a tractor, there's an app for that and you you attach like, the the tractor
0: i I got a bumper sticker that shows a cat and it says there's a nap for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so
1: All right, so let's get into some of the other news for today. <clears throat> Indonesia's huge fires might be the worst climate change crisis on Earth right now. Now, there's a lot of contenders for this, <laughs> unfortunately, but uh, here we go. On Monday afternoon, Indonesian President Yoko Widodo uh, cut short a visit to the United States and headed home to oversee efforts to extinguish a rash of epic wildfires that have In been. South. <laughs> <Just like laughs> yeah. Personally, yeah. He's leading the effort. He's a firefighter. <laughs> so they, they've engulfed his country. Now his decision to return to Indonesia early underscores the challenges his country faces in stopping the worst deforestation on Earth, deforestation that is playing a critical role in global climate change. <clears throat> in the United States coal-fired power plants are the number one source of carbon dioxide emissions, followed by tailpipe emissions from cars and trucks. Land use, which is a term climate wonks use for emissions that come from the land rather than from human-made infrastructure and vehicles, uh, actually offsets some of our pollution, 13% here in the U.S.
0: Well, they call it carbon sequestration, where the soil actually absorbs the carbon from the air and sucks it in because it likes it to grow things.
1: Yeah, we've got enough forests and wilderness here that it's offsetting some of our pollution. But on a global scale... In most places, land use is a source source of greenhouse gas emissions.
0: Well, that's not because of the land, it's because of deforestation. Yeah,
1: it's because they've deforested it. Now, the biggest culprit is deforestation. Living trees store carbon, and dead trees release it back into the atmosphere as they decompose, or in this case, as they burn. Because in Indonesia, that's what's going on with most of the trees. Land use is representing 61% of that country's greenhouse gas emissions, That means deforestation causes far more climate pollution than all of the country's cars and power plants combined. So there's a ton of deforestation going on in Indonesia.
0: Even higher than Brazil, it says, which contains most of the Amazon rainforest. So this all adds up to global scale pollution. Indonesia is the world's fifth-ranking greenhouse gas emitter, coming right behind Russia and India. In other words, we can't stop climate change without saving Indonesia's rainforest.
1: Yeah. And the fact that it's fire is a big deal, too, because it's... Not only are they taking away those trees, but they're turning them into smoke, you know. And that's, that's how
0: they deforest in Indonesia. You know, in other countries, they might cut the trees down. Yeah. In Indonesia, they actually light them on fire.
1: Yeah. And so... And, you know, there's to some extent, that's illegal. There are some laws limiting that, but people do it anyway. Um, and so a lot of burning going on
0: and the thick blanket of haze that is stretching from the country across southeast asia has caused at least 10 deaths from haze related illnesses and over half a million cases of acute acute respiratory illness yeah so why does that affect us besides the pollution well our snacks and makeup are part of the problem Of course, Indonesians aren't chopping and burning down trees for fun. Besides logging, one of the main sources for clear land is the plant African oil palm, the fruits of which are used to produce palm oil. And, of course, palm oil is the world's most popular form of vegetable oil, and half of it comes from Indonesia. It's also found in about half of the processed food you encounter in grocery store, as well as many cosmetics. So... Yeah. Now, Indonesia has pledged in the climate negotiations coming up soon in Paris to increase its emissions. I said, Mm -hmm. I I, I had to reread it there because it said increase the emissions. Yeah. Over the next 25 years by 29% less. See, it's like Mm -hmm. increase it by 29% less. Yeah. Yeah than it would have under a business-as-usual scenario. And that won't be possible without curbing forest fires and deforestation. So, for Indonesia, getting a grip on palm oil producers will be more important than going after power plants.
1: Yeah, and one of the ways that we can help with that in the U.S. is by reducing the demand for this palm oil that comes from burning down these forests.
0: You know, unless you grease my palm, I will not use Hmm. your palm oil.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and there are some programs trying to get. Uh, well, there are other kinds of oil you can use, and there are also programs trying to have palm oil that wasn't made that way. So there are a few options for trying to stop that. And you know, the people of Indi- uh, Indonesia, could unite and say, "Hey, let's stop this." <laughs> so that's. An option but I mean, too. it's. I mean, it's, it's hard though. It's
0: making money. I mean, that you know, it's hard for a country that, you know, their source of income is killing them. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, you have to think long-term, and it's hard to do that when you're, you
1: know. Yeah, when you're broke.
0: Right. There you go. I was going to say.
1: <laughs> when you're low-income. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like that. yeah, that's a problem we face in the U.S., too, with people who want jobs, and then they're offered fracking jobs or coal jobs, and they take it because they're not thinking long-term.
0: In crazy weird new news, West Virginia Power Company admits coal is doomed. Wow. On Tuesday, in front of a room full of energy executives, the president of Appalachian Power declared that the war on coal was over. And coal had not emerged victorious. According to the Charleston Gazette-Mail, Charles Payton, president of Appalachian Power, told energy executives that coal consumption is likely to remain stagnant whether or not federal regulations like the Clean power Plan are allowed to go forward. He also said that in the national debate about coal and climate change, the public has largely settled on the side of climate change. Quote, You just can't go with the new coal plants at this point in time. Payton reportedly said, It's just not economically feasible to do so. End quote. Coal-fired power plants are still the primary source of electricity in the United States, supplying the nation with 34% of its electricity. Man, I need to look that statistic up because the last time I looked, it was over 50%. Yeah, it used to be
1: higher. I think a lot of it's being supplanted by uh, natural gas.
0: And that's expected to decline in the near future, with the EPA expecting coal share to drop to around 30% by 2030. In fact, this July, natural gas power generation exceeded coal for the second time ever, and this trend is expected to continue if gas prices remain this cheap. To counter the drop on demand, domestic demand for coal, Peyton urged executives in the room to, quote, think globally. <laughs> think globally. So, like, basically just, you know, sell it off to the people who... Don't care.
1: Yeah. So when he says think globally, he's not thinking like think of global warming and try to stop it. <laughs> he's saying, oh, all the people in the U.S. are wise to global warming now. Let's sell it to people in other countries who haven't figured it out yet.
0: Well, the problem with that is there's not very many um, export terminals that can handle massive amounts of coal. Yeah. They tried to expand the export terminal, I remember, in the West Coast, yeah. a couple of them, to ship out you know, Wyoming coal. And they got shut down. They weren't able to expand the terminals to be able to handle coal. So, I mean, it costs a lot
1: to ship it. And so... Yeah, both in terms of money and in terms of energy. And there was was both protesting resistance to those expansions and also institutional resistance. The people in positions of power who said, no, it's not a good idea.
0: Well... and it wasn't a good idea because it would cost a lot. Yeah. It, it's, it wasn't just like you know environmental on the on the protest for the people. Yeah, it was we don't want to provide something that will pollute the planet more. Yeah, on the on on the side of the executives, they're like, um, this is just not economically feasible. Yeah, it's like you want us to spend all this money to expand our shipping for you know a blip.
1: Yeah, a blip on the radar. Yeah, so. Hmm. Yeah. So let's see. In other news, elevated CO2 levels directly affect human cognition. New Harvard (laughs) study shows. Hmm. My chest just (laughs) got really tight. Breathing in the CO2. Yeah. In a landmark public health finding, a new study from the Harvard School of Public Health finds that carbon dioxide has a direct and negative impact on human cognition and decision making. These impacts have been observed at CO2 levels that most Americans and their children are routinely exposed to today inside classrooms, offices, homes, planes, and cars. That's something people often don't think about. You know, we measure the outdoor CO2 levels for climate purposes, but then indoors CO2 is going to be a little higher because there's not as much circulation and you're breathing. So, there's not
0: as many plants to absorb it. Either. Yeah, the
1: plants aren't absorbing it, so uh, carbon dioxide levels are inevitably higher indoors.
0: Well, we need to get personal CO two scrubbers. I mean, they have them for power plants.
1: Yeah. So Humans why don't we have
0: them? them? Why don't we have them? You know, in our houses. Yeah. Like, clean, or, clean out our air.
1: Yeah. Like, or you know, we could just have a bunch of more plants in the house.
0: Oh man, quit being logical. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't sell a product. Plants are easy to get. Yeah. CO two scrubber. Now, if we scare you that you're polluting, and you can't breathe in your own house. You will buy a CO2 buy a scrubber. CO2,
1: yeah, so we could start selling CO2 scrubbers. <laughs>
0: Otherwise known as plants.
1: Yeah. Like well, there was. I think we might have talked about it on the radio at some point. There was some service where they were going to um, renovate your air system to improve air quality, and part of it did involve just bringing plants. <laughs> it also involved some improvements to your you know, air system, but a lot of it was just plants.
0: Significantly, the Harvard study confirms the findings of a little publicized 2012 Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory Study. Quote, is CO2 an indoor pollutant? Direct effects of low to moderate CO2 concentrations on human decision-making performance. They need to come up with like better titles of huh. things. It's like, are you dying?
1: Because yeah.
0: you breathe. You <laughs> breathe like, yeah. <laughs> I'd read that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like... yeah. Well, part of what's interesting to, to me about this is I'm worried it might be one of those Feedback loops with the global warming, like if atmospheric CO2 gets up to like 600 parts per million just in the outdoors, then it'll just constantly be at 1,000 indoors, and then we'll make poor decisions about global warming.
0: <laughs> well, we just make poor decisions, period.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if we get to that point, it'll be like just like the ice melts more quickly because there's less reflective surface, you know. We'll be making dumber decisions about global warming because there's too much CO2. <laughs> <laughs> So let's deal with the problem now before it gets to that.
0: And Tanzania plans to light up a million homes with solar power. That might be dealing with the problem a little bit. Before solar panels were installed at Masaki Village's only health center, doctors, nurses, and midwives had to use dim flashlights or the glow from their cell phones to deliver babies and treat nighttime emergencies. In one case in 2010... A man arrived late after a motorcycle accident and needed a wound stitching. As a nurse began the procedure by the light of her torch, she felt a cold, slithering sensation against (laughs) her leg. A large black snake was moving across the dark cement floor. The nurse Mm -hmm. fled, leaving the patient in the dark with the (laughs) The snake.
1: snake. That's a Halloween story for you right (laughs) there.
0: The work of the center, which is five hours' drive down a dirt track from the capital Dar es Salaam, and serves a population of 1.5 million in the surrounding villages. Holy kamoli! Yeah. When I was thinking of clinic, I'm thinking you know a small place. I mean, yeah.
1: No, it might be small. (laughs) 1.5 million people it serves, though, is
0: now transformed by a two-kilowatt solar array installed on the roof at a cost of $15,000. And the government wants many more like it. In February, it launched its One Million Solar Homes Initiative. Man, I hope that's a lot better than the U.S. One Million. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear about that program?
1: Oh, I forgot about it. I though. think it was
0: under Clinton, the One Million Solar Homes program.
1: Yeah, and they forgot. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it was basically an initiative that, as far as I know, did nothing. Yeah. It, well, that's not true. It did do a lot of educating. Okay. Off-grid electric, the Tanzanian company implementing the initiative, said it will provide power to 10% of the country's homes. Currently, only 40% have access to grid power, with access particularly sparse in rural areas. The challenge across Africa is daunting. Earlier this year, a report by Annan's African Progress Panel spelled out that excluding South Africa, which generates half of the region's electricity, Sub-Saharan Africa lose, uses less electricity than Spain. It would take the average Tanzanian <laughs> eight years to use as much electricity as an average European consumes in a single month.
1: <laughs> That's a European. I don't even want to think about an American.
0: Just like <laughs> the report titled Power, People, Planet, Seizing Africa's Energy and Climate Opportunity Call for a Tenfold Increase and power generation to provide all Africans with access to electricity by 2030. Now, when they're saying access to electricity, they're talking about a light bulb. Yeah. (laughs) You know, or a light bulb and, you know, a radio. So if this shortfall is made up largely with fossil fuels, particularly coal, then the impact on the world's climate will be significant. But solar is dropping rapidly in pricing and starting to compete with fossil fuels. Yeah, And in, you know... Basically, in areas that don't have electricity, solar winds out, hands down.
1: Yeah, because it takes energy and money to build all that infrastructure, you know, because it's massive in- infrastructure oftentimes for a big coal plant or, you know. So this, this is one of those cases where it's a clear benefit to the people and to the planet.
0: Yeah, the best program I ever was involved with was after Haiti had, you know, the massive destruction. <laughs> mm-hmm. I... Um, talked with a nonprofit where basically they wanted to provide a clinic but they didn't weren't able to you know do it cost free yeah so basically they, they designed we designed a clinic and an internet cafe side by side completely off grid and so the clinic you know had all their equipment all solar powered completely off grid and then the internet cafe had um, tablets and basically, you you know you paid to use the internet, or um, you know to have someone look something up, or print something out, or if you wanted to even bring your phone in, or your um, computer in to charge it. Yeah. Those were all fee-based services, along with actually a small cafe or coffee and stuff. And so basically, it's the idea is it's completely self-sustaining. The money from the internet cafe pays for the services like the satellite internet and pays for the medical supplies to provide um I don't think they do free but it's like you know 10% of the normal cost yeah. because people um people don't respect free mm-hmm. so.
1: yeah but they'll respect cheap <laughs> alright so almost out of time here Frankenstein Friday is today last Friday in October got Halloween coming up tomorrow Lots of exciting stuff going out for Halloween.
0: Carve a pumpkin day That's no surprise if you do want um to enter the pumpkin race, which is tomorrow um registration at one pie eating contest at one forty and then race at two. If you would like to enter the race but need help building your racer, go to the murdale safe Halloween and um like ten till noon there'll be people there helping build racers. -hmm.
1: All right, some events coming up. We've got the Safe Zone Halloween Party. It's coming up on Friday from 5 p.m. to midnight at Guy House Interfaith Center. Safe Zone Halloween Party is an opportunity for students and community members to have fun on Halloween weekends in a safe space free of alcohol. They welcome people of all faiths, beliefs, sexual orientations, and gender identities, so it's safe for everybody. And it's over at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois.
0: Starts at 5 p.m. with greetings, uh, mass craft activity, paper jack-o'-lanterns. And then they'll take a break for the Women's Center's Take Back the Night March. And then, you know, people come back afterwards for games, movies, a costume contest. That's tonight.
1: Yes, tonight at Guy House.
0: And as I mentioned, the Take Back the Night March leaves 7 p.m. from the Guy House Interface Center to march to the Town Square Pavilion. And this is an international event with the mission of ending sexual violence in all forms. This is usually a couple hundred people come together and march along. And so dress warm and show up before 7 p.m. because that's when they leave from the Guy House Interface Center.
1: Also coming up this weekend on Saturday, the Carbondale Community Farmers Market. It's Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon at the Carbondale Community High School. And is it November now that they're moving indoors?
0: Yeah, but I think this is the last.
1: This may be the last outdoor one. Yeah, this
0: is the last one, and then they move indoors inside the school on the north side. Yeah, the north entrance. I mentioned the Car- great Carbondale Pumpkin Race. You can get more information at CarbondalePumpkinRace.com. That is tomorrow at the Mill Street Underpass. Race starts at 2 o'clock. Hmm. It- Show up early if you want to enter that pie eating contest. Cristados is providing the pie. So mm-hmm. it's no, not like exciting. junk pies, yeah. it's highly phenomenal pie.
1: Yeah, that's where they just eat the pie. You know, even if you don't win the contest, hey, you ate some Cristados pie.
0: On Sunday, November, 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 where'd that Mm -hmm. come from? Just come back and sucker punched me. November is Sunday. The labyrinth and it's the monthly labyrinth walk is held the first Sunday of each month from seven to eight a.m. at the labyrinth peace park north of guy house interface center. This Sunday is the end of daylight savings time. So make sure to change your clock. So you show up Mm -hmm. on time. Yeah. Otherwise it could be a little bit of a stressful, relaxing walk if you
1: show up at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like- well with the let's see, we're falling we're falling uh, back. So now they would actually get there early. <laughs> so if you get there and there's nobody there, check and be sure if you set your clock.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm confused. Okay, good thing it does it automatically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Nowadays we're pretty lucky most of our devices just automatically take care of that. My dad used to confuse his coworkers though and say Spring, spring back and fall forward, and he would pantomime springing backwards. And <laughs> he knew the real way to do it, but then he'd confuse his friends, you know.
0: So yeah, some about two a.m. I think it changes um, to one a.m. Does that mean you get an extra hour of being in the bar?
1: Yeah. Well, that's, I've actually heard people discuss that as a concern. Is that there's an extra hour of Halloween hijinks going on this year because it's on Halloween when the change happens?
0: Huh. That might be a problem.
1: Yeah. We'll see. There might be an extra hour of mayhem. <laughs> or an extra hour of wholesome holiday fun, if you're celebrating Halloween without being But they're bothered.
0: both the same. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, wholesome mayhem.
0: So you have listened to another phenomenal half hour. In case you didn't know, this was phenomenal. Yeah. Half hour of your community spirit on your community radio. We are streaming online thanks to Silkworm and you can listen to us all over the world so now when i travel around southern illinois i actually did that when i drove out to kansas for the mother Earth news fair i streamed it on my phone plugged it into my radio and got to listen for those long hours of driving to topeka kansas
1: yeah so check us out at wdbx.org and if you're listening by the stream let us know we always like to hear that people are listening
0: you can contact us directly, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. This is Ord Energy Mon.
1: And this is Trisanne.
0: And we remind you, this weekend is the last chance you'll get to have sunny weather. Get out there in <laughs> nature. No, just kidding. Well, hopefully. <laughs>